On the other hand, I'd say that a lot of these more institutional investors, they're starting to get educated on the space. We have a lot of people that want to talk to us and learn about what we're doing, even if they can't invest or they don't think they're going to be able to invest for two or three years. Everyone certainly sees kind of the tidal wave coming, if you will. From MJ Bulls Media, it's the Raising Cannabis Capital Show. Today in Raising Cannabis Capital, we are continuing this month's Cannabis Investor Spotlight Series with Pete Carabas from Key Investment Partners. Pete, welcome to the show. Hey, Dan. Thanks for having me. Well, one thing you know I say is that to hunt elephants, you really have to go where the elephants are. And a great place to find early stage cannabis elephants, aka companies, with experienced management teams is Colorado, because Colorado was the first adult use state. So a lot of cannabis companies got started there. Is that one of the reasons why you guys based yourselves in Denver? Yeah, yeah, Dan, exactly. I mean, we think being in Denver is very important, especially as a venture capital fund focused in cannabis. I really like in Denver to Silicon Valley of cannabis. You know, many of the top opportunities, they're run by CEOs. They're right down the road from us. I think it's really important just to have the ability to, to meet with these CEOs in person, grab lunch, grab drinks, go to their offices, get to know their staff. And, you know, above all else, really just develop personal relationship. We think this would be just really difficult to do if we were fun, say, out in New York, just going and doing your diligence on a lot of these companies. POS systems, for example, we were looking at a few different POS systems out here in Denver. You know, in addition to going and meeting the management teams, getting to know them in person, we really do what we call a key boots on the ground due diligence. I mean, we're going out to dispensaries. We're talking to bud tenders. We're saying, what do you like? What do you not like with these POS systems? We just don't think there's a substitute for this kind of due diligence. No way. And even if you were just to travel, like I know a lot of people spend countless hours on the plane traveling back and forth, you can put on a good face for a half a day. But if you are just, hey, you know what, I'm going to pop in, I want a quick question. You're going to find all the warts. You're going to find all the really good things too that you may have overlooked. I think that's a huge advantage. No, you're exactly right. We feel the exact same way. You know, in addition to that, I think it's very important to be out here to build relationships with CEOs early on. One of the most well-known cannabis accelerators out here is called Canopy Boulder. We like to go and get to know some of these companies when they're really just ideas and get to know the CEOs personally, understand what their goals are, see their ideas develop over time. The goal for us is really to be their friends, their network when they've built a business that's ready to take capital. You know, we want to be the first guys they call. I think that's really important. I really do. Especially, like you said, Canopy Boulder right there. I mean, it's a great incubator. There's lots of opportunity, a lot of good ideas coming out of there that could be the future. Actually, our first investment was in the well-known cannabis data analytics company, BDS Analytics, which was a Canopy Boulder company originally. Now that's one of the more well-known ancillary companies out there. Oh, sure. They're really well-known. We've had a bunch of companies that got their start at Canopy Boulder on our show. It's, you know, you mentioned POS systems. What are, what are some of the other s- sectors within the cannabis industry that you like? You know, what we say is we really like, I jokingly call it the boring stuff sometimes. We like the tools 
that different cannabis companies, dispensaries or cultivators or whoever branded products are going to need to take their business to the next level. So what I mean by that is needs-based software and business services. So think payroll and HR solutions, think data analytics, compliance software, tax software, POS systems, things like this that are really a necessity to run, let's say, a cultivator or dispensary. Yeah. We're not so much investing in things that are too speculative. We're just trying to find what we call the picks and shovels. We want to focus on the infrastructure play and the supporting businesses. I think a lot of that is based on your upbringing, but we're going to get to that towards the end of the interview. But let's stay on this same line of questioning. A lot of CEOs listen to this show. If there's one thing that you'd recommend that they could do to improve their ability to get funding, what would it be? Well, above all else, I'd say you got to know how to explain your business and what it does in 30 to 60 seconds. There's too many CEOs today that, you know, they might have a good idea, but then they have all these other different business lines. They want to tell you what they're going to do over the next five years and how they're going to monetize all the data that they collect. If there's one thing, you know, it's that your business plan today is certainly not going to be your business plan in six months or the six months after that. So just focus on your primary business. How is that going to generate money? How is that going to do so in the next one, two years? And what's the pathway and the steps to get there, including how much money you need, how you're going to spend it, and be realistic? And I think that's one of the problems with this industry is there is just so many opportunities. And I think a lot of early stage companies are like, well, we could always tack over here, or we could do this, or we could do that. And when they're talking to an investor, they think that that is helpful, but it actually gets confusing. And you question whether or not they know what their core business is. Oh, yeah. You know, one thing I always say is that if I'm a CEO pitching to a VC, I want to be able to quickly explain how I'm going to generate revenue, what my core business is, how long it's going to take, how much money I need. Focus on what you're going to do in the next two or three years, I think is the best advice. I would much rather hear no than maybe. I hate maybe. Exactly right. At Key, we're focused on the ancillary sector. We have a very specific criteria, boxes to check of investments we're going to make. Just because you explain your product to us and it, it doesn't fit for us, doesn't mean you have a bad business. So I wouldn't take it personally. If you talk to 20 different types of investors and you're trying to raise capital as a cannabis CEO... Maybe one or two of those is looking for the type of investment you're offering. Just because the vast majority aren't doesn't mean you have a bad business. It might just not be the right fit. So you should always be okay with that too. Let's switch to a little bit more about your experience. Your team comes with a lot of experience working with pension funds and endowments. The industry sort of sitting here going, when's it coming? When is this going to eventually make it to the cannabis industry? Have you seen any of that activity yet? Today, it's primarily family offices, high net worth individuals, registered investment advisors, and much less so your big pension funds, your big endowments or sovereign wealth funds or anything like that. I think that's partly due to what are called vice clauses, which basically restrict any investment in firearms, alcohol marijuana, pornography, anything like that. So I think some funds with vice clauses, even post the lift of federal prohibition, will still have restrictions on investing in cannabis. Mm -hmm. On the other hand, I'd say that a lot of these more institutional investors, they're starting to get educated on the space. We have a lot of people that want to talk to us and learn about what we're doing, even if they can't invest or they don't think they're going to be able to invest for two or three years. 
everyone certainly sees kind of the tidal wave coming, if you will. What I would say is that it's important for us as an investment manager to position ourselves in a way so when that does happen, we have the experience, we've looked at the deals, we know the landscape and the spectrum of what's out there in cannabis. So when those folks finally do jump off the diving board and jump into the pool, we'll be ready there to, to help them navigate the space. And I think especially given your experience, you know what, what is important to them and how best to to manage their expectations. And I, you know, just by speaking of what you said earlier in the, in the interview about your disciplined approach to investing, it probably all fits into that bigger picture. So you're absolutely right. You know, when we really founded the company, we founded it because we looked around and we said, okay, there's a ton of opportunity here. That's not a mystery. But what we really found is there's a lack of institutional quality investment managers in the space. And what I mean by that is really investment managers putting together a diversified fund of investments to take out risk, who know how to screen investments through a replicable process uh, that's documented, that's acceptable for a large institution like a pension fund. Additionally, we follow a four-stage investment committee process. It's all documented. We go through intense due diligence. We assess the management team, doing comprehensive financial and market due diligence. We're doing customer calls, reference checks, and our legal work has got to be top-notch. At Key, we work with Cooley, is a, a very well-known law firm out in from Silicon Valley. Uh, they've done quite a bit of venture capital work throughout their day. Our goal with working with a law firm like that is really to raise the standard. We invest in a company. We want it to be watertight from a legal standpoint. We don't want any surprises. We want Everything that's going to be discovered is going to be discovered before we're going to put dollars into any given deal. And then when you get towards the point where you're going to exit a deal, you don't want any surprises. You want to know you own what you bought. You don't want any lawsuits. That's really what we mean when we say institutional quality. It's refreshing to hear that you know, you're know you setting these high standards. Well, we've been speaking with Pete from Key Investment Partners, and we'll have all of his contact information on the MJ Bulls website. So if you're a company that's raising money to expand, or if you're an accredited investor and want to invest in the industry, reach out to Pete at Key Investment Partners. Pete, thanks for being thanks. on the show. Thanks a lot, Dan. It was a pleasure speaking with you. Thanks for listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows. Cannabis Health Radio is a podcast about stories from people around the world who have used cannabis to deal with serious ailments, many of them life-threatening. My name is Ian Jessup. My co-host, Corey Yelland, is no stranger to the devastating emotional impact faced by so many people receiving a death sentence diagnosis from a doctor. Told she only had months to live with anal canal cancer, Corey researched and immediately began using cannabis oil to eliminate her cancer and has been cancer-free for more than a decade. She told herself that if it worked, she would spend the rest of her life helping others, which she does tirelessly every day. When you listen to our podcast, you'll hear many stories like Corey's, along with others who have used cannabis oil for many more ailments besides cancer, such as chronic pain, PTSD, MS, and many, many more. As one of our guests said, 
your podcast gave me the confidence to save my own life. We regularly get messages from listeners who have heard our podcast and use cannabis to solve a serious health issue of their own or that of a loved one. We hope you listen to these stories and be as inspired and moved as we are with each and every episode.